What first got you into this work? It's been something that I've been passionate about for a number of years. Um, I grew up here locally and went to a local high school. And during my high school years, I had a best friend who um, definitely suffered at the hands of, um, of a violent boyfriend. And at that point in my life, I felt like I was 16 years old. Do I speak up? What am I supposed to do? What are my bounds? Where are you supposed to go? So when I um, got older and knew that there were resources there, it was really a calling for me to be able to provide um, help and support to individuals that, that needed it because I saw what that did to my friend. What do people need to know about domestic violence? I think it's really important to know that it knows no bounds and it can happen anywhere. And I think oftentimes people think, well, that can't happen on my block or that can't happen in my neighborhood. Um, that can't happen to a 16-year-old. Um, that I, I think that that is, is the greatest misconception that people believe that it just doesn't happen where they are. Um, and it happens everywhere. We, we all probably know someone that we don't realize are going through a situation that we could be able to help them through um, or to at least be able to provide them with the resources to reach out. How have y'all adapted services since the pandemic started? Well, I think, you know, I, I kind of look back to the end of February, beginning of March when this was kind of a buzz, you know, is this, isn't this? And so we did have a meeting, you know, worst case scenario. And then when the worst case scenario played out, um, I do feel like we were prepared to a point for sure in that we were very quickly able to transition into a remote working environment. Um, it's not been easy. I'm not going to say that it has been. You know, it has certainly had its challenges. Our advocates like being able to obviously have that one-on-one -on -one connection with the individuals that we serve and having to do that more in a remote environment, having to do advocacy over the phone or over um, or counseling over a telehealth platform. That isn't the same. And so that has provided some struggles for our advocates just because that connection that they make with the clients we serve is, is so crucial to them. Um, but I do think they've still been able to find ways to still connect, obviously to still be able to support those in need. Um, we've really focused for ourselves as well on self-care because for any of us, this hasn't been easy. <laughs> Um, you know, we're working from home, we might have kids at home, um, we might have spouses that are um, maybe out of work, we're all in the home together, and it's the same things that our clients are facing too, those added stressors. And so really making sure that we as a team are coming together, we're having open communication, we're talking about ways that we can continue to take care of ourselves so that we can still provide for, the, for our community as well. We are the only provider of confidential victim services in El Paso and Teller County. If any of us go down, we can't provide services to our community. And so being able to work in a remote environment and keep ourselves healthy and safe is, has been really important. It's super well documented. There are a ton of pandemic stressors like job insecurity or loss, grief, health concerns, isolation, anxiety. I could keep going. Have those situations and stressors exacerbated the kinds of calls you might be receiving? I think certainly so. And I think that the, um, the isolation, when we were really in those stay-at-home orders, that isolation created an environment where people felt like they couldn't leave. And I think it was really important when um, the state came out and said, in issues of domestic violence, you can leave. You are free to leave. There are places to go. But when you are basically being told to stay home, a tactic that offenders often use is isolation. And so here they're essentially being told that you can be isolated. So making sure that the community really understood that in those instances, you don't have to stay home. There are places to go, there are resources for you. 
like you said earlier, Tessa is the only provider for El Paso and Teller counties. That's a lot. It, it definitely is. Um, you know, we do, we have a staff of uh, 49 individuals, though, that provide the services. And so we do have advocates that are, um, that their job is just to be in our rural communities. And so we have those up in Teller County. Um, they reach Woodland Park, uh, Divide and Cripple Creek, and then out to Calhan. And so those individuals are specific to those communities to make sure that we're being able to provide as much service up there as well. We are far reaching and we offer a lot of services. Um, it's a lot of work. 